0: Well, good to see everyone tonight. How you guys doing? Good. That was quiet. You guys, good? Yeah. Woo. Well, you guys, if if this is your first time here tonight, uh, my name is Pastor Jared Gregory. I'm one of the worship pastors here, and uh, I'm very, very, very excited for what God has given me to talk about tonight to preach on and. Tonight we're going to be talking about running your race. So if you're taking notes, that's the title of the message tonight. Run your race. And so if you brought your Bibles, let's turn to Hebrews 12. Let's dive in. I got lots of ground I want to cover with you guys tonight. Hebrews 12, I'm looking at verse 1. It says, therefore I'm reading out of the New Living Translation tonight. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Mm. Well, how many runners do we have in the house? How many runners? Got some folks that like to run? Well, I know some people that don't like to run so much. <laughs> And that's okay. That's okay. I'm excited about this word because whether you don't yet know Jesus Christ, whether you don't yet have a relationship with him, and if you don't, we're going to get to that later, but whether you just started your walk or whether you've been walking with Christ for years and years, tonight's message applies to you. Because whether you like to run or you don't, scripture refers to running our race refers to this faith life as running a race. The Apostle Paul referred to it all the time, all the time in many of his epistles and letters. The Apostle Paul referred to running a race. And he was speaking to a culture back then. How many of you guys know that running has been uh, running competitively? It's been a part of human culture for thousands of years. It's, it's one of the purest sports you know, it, it, you don't need equipment. You just need your two legs, and you're gone, right? And we, we, we gravitate towards that even from a young age. Uh, we turn to our friend, hey, I'll race you to that tree. <laughs> Ready, set, go, and you start running before you say go. <laughs> but the Apostle Paul, he, in all of his epistles, the church in, in Philippi and in Corinth, Ephesus, Uh, Colossae, you know, all those cities in the ancient Roman Empire, they all had arenas. They had Colosseums. You know, you guys have seen pictures, I'm sure, of the Colosseum in Rome. Um, Every major city in the ancient Roman Empire, they they strived, they tried to have an arena like that, Uh, a Colosseum, so to speak, different sizes. But every single one were for different entertainment. It's kind of like our modern-day stadiums. And so... As Paul referred to running a race, he was talking to a culture of people that they got that. When Paul referred to a race, they said, oh, I know, I've seen people run. I've seen people race competitively, whether it be a chariot race or, or on foot. And so that still applies to us today. Whether you enjoy running <laughs> or you don't, I like to run. I used to run a bit. I, I ran a little cross country, did a little track in school. and I still like to run for fun. Um. There are principles, though, whether you enjoy running or not, there are principles in running a race that we need to glean from. We need to go to God's word and really dive in. Why does Paul talk about running a race so much? And that's because the minute we accept Christ, the minute we make that decision to live for Christ, that's like the starting gun going off. But how many of you guys know once that gun goes off, you still got the race, right? That doesn't mean you automatically cross the finish line. And so we, I I like to call it marathon faith, marathon faith. And so we're going to dive in. God showed me four things, four things that we can glean from when it comes to running our race. And the first thing, I'm going to, I got a lot of scripture I want to get to you guys tonight. I'm very excited. God really opened my eyes to a lot of different uh, scriptures and studying for this, so I'm excited. Point number one, this race is not a sprint. It's a distance event. When Paul talks about running a race, the writer of Hebrews, theologians uh, aren't quite sure whether it was was Paul, Peter. They're not 100% sure. Based on previous writings, they think maybe it was Peter. But this race, once that starting gun goes off, it's not a sprint. How many of you guys know, as humans, we're pretty slow right out of the gate compared to the rest of nature, right? Animals, uh, on a sprint, we're going to get beat, right? Don't try to outrun a grizzly bear because it it won't work. (laughs) But here's an interesting fact, something I learned in studying for this The human body, actually, we can outrun almost every other created animal in creation, in God's creation, we can outrun almost every single other animal in the distance. That's an amazing fact. That tells me that God created us as humans to go the distance, to be distance runners. With our upright stance, and our ability to shed heat; those are two big things that allow us to run the distance. And uh, as I was talking to Pastor Al about this, uh, he opened my eyes to a couple of a couple of key points for tonight. I wanted to share with you guys. It's really the difference between our ability and our capability. You may not have the ability right now to outrun a horse. <laughs> in the distance, but God has put that capability in you. That's an amazing fact, isn't it? But the key point in remembering that this is a distance run is you don't have the strength to do it on your own, to run this race. That's why I call it marathon faith. Marathon, it's it's, another cool fact, you know. uh, The first marathon... It was ran, the distance was ran by a guy named Marathon in ancient Greece. The city of Athens, the city-state of Athens, they were at war with another uh, city-state, and they thought they were going to lose the battle. So rather than be invaded by a foreign power, they were going to just destroy the city of Athens. They were ready to burn it all to the ground. But the battle that they fought, which they thought they were going to lose... They won. And so this guy named Marathon ran back to Athens as fast as he could before they set fire to the whole city. And legend has it, the story goes that he, he expired as soon as he got back and said, don't, we won. But that was the first marathon. How about that? But God has given you the capability of... To run with endurance, just like that verse in Hebrew says, to run with endurance. And obviously that verse is not talking there about physical running. It's talking about our marathon faith. Our marathon faith. But to be able to handle that kind of distance, we have to train for it. Right? We have to get our ability to catch up with our capability. Right? If you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 24 through 27. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in training, in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Wow, that's a powerful statement by a man that wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament. But Paul, the Apostle Paul, powerhouse in faith, he says that we have to train. We have to train like an athlete to run this race before us. And so in remembering that this is a distance run, you got to remember there are seasons in life, seasons in life when you're going to need to pick up the pace. You're going to need to press in in your relationship with God. You're going to need to maybe fire a little bit harder to stay the course. And there's going to be seasons where you might need to slow down a little bit you know, I, and seeing Christians uh, starting out right out of the gate, a lot of people, unfortunately, they start really hard, really fast, and they're gun-ho, but then they start to fade off. They start to fade away. They start to get tired. And they forget that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And that's when, as Christians, we start to get a little sideways, and that's when we need to get back to center. We need to get back to those fundamentals and walking out our faith every single day. Staying in the word. Staying refreshed in God's presence like we just did. Staying connected to the body of believers. Right? Running the distance. Something to remember. In remembering that this is a distance run. I like to think of Forrest Gump. How many of you guys have seen the movie Forrest Gump? <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. Remember the scene where Forrest just starts running (laughs) for no reason at all? For who knows how long, years. By the time he's done, he's got a giant beard. People come up to him, what are you doing? I'm running. (laughs) But something cool about that is when he's done running, I don't know if you guys remember the movie, he's in the middle of the desert. Huge beard, he just stops. He just says, Well, I'm done. I'm tired now. But in the movie, he's surrounded by a whole bunch of people. All he did was run. (laughs) And that's really key to remember that as we run the distance, just running that marathon, faith, this race, it's evangelistic. People are going to notice something different about your life just by you living out your faith every day. You don't have to say anything because over time they're going to see a marked difference between your life and the lives of everyone else that's not living for Jesus Christ. And they're going to say, what is different about you? Whatever you have, I want to get some of that because my life's kind of a hot mess right now. It's evangelistic, just living out your faith. You know, I think about... These amazing people of faith that have run their races. Some of them are still running strong. I think about Billy Graham. I think about Jack Hayford. I think about Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie, 40-plus years in the ministry. And they're still running strong. That's amazing. And that's inspiring. And at the end of the day, people you come in contact with are people that have known you over the course of time. They see Your life being different because God has set you apart. Because the very presence of God at work in you has set you apart. Amen. Boy, you guys are quiet tonight. (laughs) Point number two. So the first, it's a distance run. It's not a sprint. Point number two. This is not a solo race. It's a relay it's not a solo run. You're running a relay. How many of you guys have seen the Olympics? Those relay runners, they pass off the baton when their leg of the race is over, right? So many times we we when we read a scripture like this, we think of ourselves, by ourselves, running this race. But really, God designed it so that as we start running, I want you guys to think of your life right now and your faith race, your marathon faith. As you're running, you look around. Are there people running around you? Are there people around you running the same race? Because if you're in here tonight and you can't think of anyone that you're running this race with, then I, w- I want you to come up after we're done tonight and I want to talk to you because I'm here to tell you that you're not by yourself and you're not alone. There's really three parts to relay run this relay of faith, I like to look at it in three parts. We really have the evangelism part, the accountability part, and the discipleship part. You know, those are three huge parts of our faith. Evangelism, being able to reach out those around us. Accountability, who's helping us run this race. And discipleship, who are we bringing with us? So the first part, evangelism. Who are you calling to join the race? God did not design us to run this by ourselves, to do this thing by ourselves. The very gospel itself is relational, is relational. Jesus told us to go out and make disciples, go into all the world. And so as you're running, I want you guys to remember, as you're living out your faith, you need to look around every once in a while, and you need to look for those opportunities To call people into the race with you. Come on, guys. This is fun. I'm running here. (laughs) Running is fun. It is fun. To be able to look at someone, speak to them, and say, This is real life. This is not religion. This Jesus thing is for real. Jesus changed my life. And I'm not the same person I used to be. It's for real. I can't explain it away with words. All I know is God's done something in me, and I'm not the same person I used to be. And so now I'm running this race, my faith race. You want to come with me? Evangelism. The second part who's your running buddy? You runners out here, how many, how many you need, need some help sometimes, even if you don't like to run, if you like to exercise, anything? Sometimes it goes way better if you have somebody there to help hold you accountable, your running buddy. Because you know what? Sometimes rather than run a few miles, I'd rather sit on my couch and eat some Pringles. Can I get an amen? <laughs> But you know what? When I have a running buddy with me, when I know somebody is waiting somewhere for me to get there so we can go for a jog together, or if I know, hey, my friend's going to be knocking on the door soon saying, come on, man, get off the couch. Strap on your shoes. We got to get to it. That's accountability. That's somebody to help run this faith race with me. Somebody to call you out. Somebody that calls you out when you need to maybe pick up the pace, maybe... In your faith race, maybe you're getting a little off. You need somebody to be able to get in your business and say, uh-uh, come on, let's get back to where we need to be. Because God has a good plan for you and I don't want you getting off track. I don't want you get getting off into a different trail where Jesus is not leading you. Somebody maybe even to tell you to slow down. You know, it's been said the devil... If he can't stop you by getting in front of you, then he'll get behind you and push you so fast that you can't handle it and you can't slow down. You need a running buddy. You need that godly person to come alongside you and help you run your race. To speak God's life and encouragement over you and over your family. My wife, Alicia, she helps me tremendously in that uh, God bless our wives. God bless them. (laughs) We have a saying. She's very type A, very driven, and I'm uh, very sanguine. I just like to hang out. (laughs) I just like to have fun, you know. We have a saying in our house that she, I I slow her down so she doesn't go crazy, and she speeds me up so I don't get lazy. That's the saying in our house. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You guys can use it at home. But you need your running buddy. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And how many of you guys know, days of adversity, they come, right? There's no avoiding them. You might be in one right now. But Proverbs 17.17, let's back up a few chapters, says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity, I want to connect that one more time. If you faint in the day of adversity your strength is small, but a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. God wants you to have a running buddy. Amen. You need a brother or a sister to come alongside you and help you run this race. Pastor Al, hey, so listen, I don't watch NASCAR. I don't watch NASCAR. Pastor Al pointed this out to me. <laughs> Not no no offense if you like NASCAR. I Hey, I like sports, I just don't, I don't watch NASCAR. It's just not my thing. But he pointed out that all drivers now in their crew, they have spotters. They have spotters, sometimes multiple spotters, to watch the perimeter of their car, the sides, the back, so that the driver doesn't have to constantly check his mirrors. They can focus on moving forward. That's what your running buddy's going to do for you. Something to pray about. If you don't know who that person is, if you don't yet have that person, just a practical. uh, And I'd love to pray with you after service tonight. In fact, at the end, I want to leave a little space for us to pray some of these prayers. To ask God, God, who does my running buddy need to be? And God is faithful. He'll show you that person. Believe me. He's shown me. God will bring that person into your life if you don't yet have your running buddy. And the third point. And this being a relay, relay. who are you coaching how to run? Who are you coaching? And it can tie into accountability, but it's not just someone to join the race with you. It's someone you can help coach in this race journey. Discipleship. Discipleship. It's the heart of discipleship. Really, biblical discipleship, it's it's said in, in Hebrew tradition that when a student sat under a rabbi or a teacher, It said that they followed their teacher so closely, their rabbi so closely that they could taste the dust from their sandals. They could taste the dust from their sandals. That's what they're saying there is that when we disciple somebody, we're helping to show them how to live this this life out for, for Jesus Christ. Because we don't have all of this figured out, right? But we lean on God, we lean on the peace of the Holy Spirit, and we can lean on our godly brothers and sisters to help us walk this thing out every day. Like I said, we are not alone, you are not alone in your faith race. We're in this race together. Real life, real relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we run, our goal needs to be in coaching someone, in coaching that person that God has has spoken to our heart to pour into Our goal needs to be that as we're running and we're holding that baton, that when our time comes and God calls us to the next season, that we can hand that baton off and say, here you go, keep running, keep going, you got this. You know, I I can remember uh, before God called us here to Granville, um, my wife and I, we were at Restore Church in Ionia for almost six years, and God kind of, laid this, this young man on my heart. He was playing guitar on the worship team. Great young guy, but he had leadership all over him. And God just kept bringing me back to him. And so I talked to him. He ended up doing an internship at the church under me. And he ended up going on to Hillsong College in Sydney, Australia. Hillsong Church is world-renowned for just amazing worship coming out of that house. And uh, it was so amazing because God had... God used me to speak into this young man's life, and then when God called us to a new season here back at Granville, I was able to hand that young man the baton and say, hey, now this is yours. Keep going. Keep going. Keep running. And now, you know, that worship ministry over there is thriving and running strong. But that's how God designed it. And so if you're in here... The, the Bible says that a pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so know this, you sitting in here tonight, you have a baton in your hand. God has given you a baton, and I want you guys to be, I'm going to issue a challenge right now. Who's somebody that God has been laying on your heart to speak life into, to pour into, that someday God may have you hand that baton? Whatever it is, whatever it is, God has given you a job to do as a New Testament saint. Bible says that you're a priest under our great and high priest, Jesus Christ. And so you have a job to do. Everybody say it. I have a job to do. You have a baton. And so the heart of discipleship is that one day you would pass that baton on when God calls you to a different season, whatever that may look like. I get fired up about discipleship. I I get so passionate about it because God, I can't tell you how many people in my life God has used to speak life into me, to help call me to a higher place. God wants to use each and every one of you to help call someone else into the destiny he has for them. That's an amazing, amazing thought, isn't it? That God is going to use you To help call someone into an eternal destiny. Point number three it won't always be easy running this faith race, running the distance, running the relay. It's not always going to be easy. Point number three. Here's a funny side story. A few years ago, a couple years ago, I was running. At dusk, I had a black shirt on, and I noticed a large number of bats flying over my head. <laughs> I'm running, I'm running, I'm kind of ducking because they're they're getting pretty close. And uh, I get home, I'm all sweaty, I kind of start, you know, messing with my shirt, it's all soaked, and this bat starts flying around my house. Oh wait, I forgot to, I, I left out a part. As I was jogging, and I went past the bats, my leg came up. And I felt a pinch on the back of my calf right there. I thought, hey, that's interesting. Hope that wasn't a bat. And then I get home and apparently a bat had latched itself onto the back of my clothes. Now I had to get rabies shots and all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, so running your race is not always going to be easy. (laughs) The young man uh, that I just talked about. And Ionia, he, I actually just talked to him this morning. He went out for a jog this summer and he got bit by a bat. He's finishing up his rabies shots. <laughs> what are the odds? Come on. <laughs> but I say all that, running your race, it's not always going to be. Distance running is not easy. It's not easy. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. When we start to get tired, and you will, you need to seek the kind of refreshing that can only come from God. This is where a lot of Christians start to get a little off. And I'm preaching to myself right now. We're going to get tired, you guys. This faith race, sometimes we get tired. And that's when we need to dive in to the one and only thing that can refresh you. And that's the presence of the living God. That's diving into his word. So often we try to escape or we find a quick fix when we're feeling dry, when we're feeling tired. But there is nothing, nothing in this world that can satisfy like the very presence of God. Amen. That's why God stresses things like staying plugged into the body of Christ. Cultivating a lifestyle of worship. Staying in the word. Washing and renewing our minds daily in the cleansing of God's word. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. In the New King James Version it says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Listen, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The air you're breathing right now, the breath in your lungs, God did not give you for the finish line. When the starting gun went off and you started this faith race, the breath in your lungs at that moment was for the next step. Not for the finish line. And that's why God says, press in and lean on me. Because the breath you're breathing right now is for the next step God has for you to take. And when it comes to reaching the finish line, we don't need to know where or when that is. All we need to know is I'm following Jesus and I'm relying on him with every step that I take in this race. To do that, we have to press in. We have to follow peace a mentor of mine starting out in full-time ministry, he spoke that to me. He said, follow peace. So simple, but it's so true. God says he's going to give us his peace when we're to do something and when we're not to do something. And we have to follow and trust where God leads us and know that he's taken us to a good place. You know, I love... When I think about running my my youngest Noah, he just he's turning 4 today. Today's his birthday actually. He turns 4. But he cracks me up. Ever since he could walk, he's always he's like to run. He likes to go as fast as he can. As fast as his little legs will take him. But when he starts out running, he will look backward at you to make sure you're watching and then he'll just take off. He won't look forward. He's ran into many a wall. <laughs> He's ran into his siblings. He's had some bumps on the noggin, some pretty good ones. But, you know, classic four-year-old, three-year-old boy, he just gets up, shakes it off, rubs some dirt on it, keeps going. (laughs) But when it comes to watching where we're running, all we need to do is keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus. We're going to dive into that next week, Hebrews 12.2. The author of Hebrews there talks about how to run this faith race. And is keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ. I'm excited. But know this, God has given you the tools, every tool that you need. Every tool that you need to be able to run. Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God can do more through you than you could ever imagine, more than you could ever think. In fact, if you knew some of the plans that God has for you in the future, it might scare the daylights out of you right now. I can remember before going into full-time ministry, I was a full-time driver's ed instructor. Hey, come on. Woo. <laughs> fun times, fun times. Lots of, uh... <laughs> kid, that's not the brake. Grabbing the wheel. The light's green. Lots of fun stories there. But you know what? God used that season of my life to prepare me for what I'm doing now. When Back then, I was a young father. I was doing the music thing. I had no sight set on ministry. If you would have told me back then, hey, uh, God's going to make you a pastor one day, I probably would have laughed at you. But God has an amazing way of calling you and pulling you into the destiny he has for you. All you got to do is follow him and say, yes, yes, Lord. I don't understand. I may be terrified, but God, I know you're calling me to this, and I'm saying yes right now. Zechariah 4, 6. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. That's how we run this race. We run it and we live it by God's power. And to do that, we have to press in every single day and lean on his strength, not our own. When we start leaning on our own strength, that's when we're going to get off. We have to press in every day to run this race and to run to win. Just like Paul said, I Run to win. God doesn't call us to do this half-hearted. Amen? Jesus has strong words about those who are lukewarm. God wants us to train and run to win. And when my time this side of heaven is over, I would want those around me, I would want my wife to say, I knew I had a husband who loved me to the end. I would want my kids to say, I knew my dad was a godly man and he loved me. And I would want all those around me that knew me to say, man, that guy ran with all he had to the very end. And now he's with Jesus. That's what I would want people to say about me when my time running this race is done. And number four, I'm running out of time. I want to get this to you. This is the best one. This is the best one. So it's a, it's a distance run. It's not a sprint. It's a relay. Bring people with you. It's going to be tough. But the fourth and the best is there is a finish line. There is a finish line. Philippians 3.14. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul wrote that to the church in Philippi. There, that I press on, just to give you a little backstory. there. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi that he was He was in prison when he wrote that. He was in the Mamertine prison, one of the worst prisons you could ever be sent to. It was actually underneath a royal palace, and that's where all the sewage from that palace would be deposited. And so when the, there was a river bordering the, the prison, when the water level of the river rose, you would see uh, raw sewage. You would see rats. People with, with limb rot shackled to the wall. Pitch dark. But Paul, because he was a Roman citizen, he could receive mail and he could send mail. And that's how God has blessed us through that. God blessed us with the book of Philippians. And what's awesome is that Paul wrote to the, the book of Philippians is called the epistle of joy. Because Paul talks about joy in the book of Philippians more than any other book he wrote strapped to the wall there in the Mamertine prison. And from that place, he says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I love that. Matthew 25, 21. Jesus says, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. God has given us a short window here to run our race. And I don't know about you, but when my time's done, I want to stand before God and I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen if I could just get you all to bow your heads as we close tonight I just want to take a minute first things first if you're in here tonight and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ if you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ or you have walked away and you want to come back Let's say your faith has maybe gotten a little stagnant, a little stale. Maybe you've gotten a little sideways on a few key issues in your life. If you're either one of those people with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask you to raise your hand right now. I want you to raise your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Whether you don't yet know Christ or you want to rededicate your life to Christ, Any other hands? Thank you so much for raising your hand. I want to pray. Let's all join with this individual and pray. Say, Father God, thank you that you died for my sins. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that you shed your blood for me on the cross. And so right now, I receive your salvation. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I declare tonight that I'm going to live for Jesus every day. That my past is gone. That my sins are forgiven. Help me to forgive others as you have forgiven me. Thank you that you saved me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And I just want to pray for us as we go. Yeah, let's give God a hand. Let's give God a hand. Awesome. I just want to pray for us before we go tonight. And if God was putting his finger on any any of those areas we covered tonight, I want to invite you down. We're going to have prayer partners down here that want to stand in agreement with you. I'm here. We want to be able to pray with you. If maybe you're looking for that running buddy, that accountability. Maybe if God's been putting someone on your heart to maybe speak to or pour into. We're here. We want to pray with you. If you're having a hard time right now and you're in a valley season and you feel like, man, I, I'm having trouble getting through this right now. Like I said, you are not alone. You are not running this faith race alone. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that the race you've set before us, that you are faithful to help carry us through, that you are the author and perfecter and finisher of our faith. And as we run, all we need to do is follow you, follow you every step. Your word is a light to our feet, a lamp to our path. We thank you for that. And, Lord, we just pray right now, right now, Father, that if we need that running buddy, that you would make that person clear to us. Holy Spirit. Make that person clear to us. If there's someone you would have us pour into or speak your life into, make that person clear right now. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. We all say together tonight, amen, amen.